and welcome to the Berkey Guide podcast. This past weekend, I happened to be up in Cable, Wisconsin. Okay, it wasn't really a happened to be. It was meticulously planned. I wanted to go ski on the Berkey Trail, and I did. Uh, but anyway, I stopped to talk to Gary Crandall uh, at the Schwamigan Fat Tire Festival office. Uh, Gary beats the drums. He's the ringleader. He's the, the leader of the beating of the drums up on the power lines. And he also happens to run that small bike race on the Berkey Trail. So enjoy. Welcome, Berkey Guide Podcast. I'm here with Gary Crandall. Gary Crandall, I'm in the office of the Schwamigan Fat Tire Festival. Did I say that right? Schwamigan. Yeah, right. very good. Very good. I've yeah. only been coming up here 15 years, so I think I figured it out. Um, in Cable, uh, Wisconsin, I have the opportunity to be up in the Berkey land today, so I'm going to make make the best of it. And there's a lot of snow up here, and it looks really good for for now, the tour was this past weekend, Sealy Classic was this weekend, and it sounds like uh, the trail's in good shape and it might get warm this week, but what I want to talk to Gary about is, um, maybe we'll touch on some of the bike, we can't not talk about bikes being in, in here, but um, he's up at the top, when you go up the Powerline Hill, for those of you who've skied the Berkey before, uh, you may notice there's a big crowd of people standing in the cold and there's a drum section, and um, that's one of the, one, there are a lot of pretty fun things about the race. Uh, and that's one of them. And, and Gary's sort of the, the ring, ringleader of the drummers. I'm one of the drummers, yes. Okay. Yeah. My wife and I, we started it, boy, I'm going to guess it was 25 or 30 years ago when our kids were little. And to give them a way to participate in the excitement of the Berkebiner. So when you started it, uh, that was, you know, the race had been going for a while. How did you get the idea of let's get it, we're going to go up and stand on top of the hill and beat drums for hours? Well, you have a couple of options uh, when you live in Berkeyland. You can uh, you can race it, which involves a lot of training. Uh, you can volunteer, which might involve uh, standing out in the cold uh, longer than we do drum. Or you can entertain all the people that come. And we, uh, being creative people, my wife's uh, um, um, an artist, uh, a physical artist, not a musical artist. And um, we came up with this concept of uh, drumming, uh, homemade percussions, uh, just literally at the time, buckets and uh, a couple of homemade conga drums and anything else would make noise. And we thought, how much more fun can you have than that, watching uh, literally thousands and thousands of people ski by. And um, so that's kind of where the concept came, and we've done it every year. Powerline drummers is what we call ourselves, and anybody's welcome to participate with us. Now, how many people do you figure you have now at, that, at the top of the hill there? I would say no less than 25 could be 30. Kind of depends on who's in town. And um, uh, I send out an email, do a Facebook post. People know we're there. Uh, people show up, and they're people that we might only see once a year uh, from uh, pretty scattered across uh, from the spectator uh, locations. Uh, but people just really enjoy uh, where we are. We're on the power line right in front of one of the big power poles, so, so we literally can be in the middle of the trail. We don't have to be on the side, and people go by on both sides of us. That's really exciting. The race this year is going to be slightly different in that you won't have yeah. quite the hills that people have gone up, but you're still you're, you're a little closer to the start. Yeah, it's going to be different because the Coral Open is going to be run on Friday, and mm -hmm. it's going to start at Double O, uh, Berkey, uh, their traditional start um, up at the cable end of things at the new uh, fabulous new Berkey start area. And, 
I hope you get a chance to check that out while you're here. It's my next stop. Yeah, so we um, we unfortunately are not going to be drumming on Friday for the Coeur d'Alopet. It's a, it's a lot of effort to haul all those drums out there. I usually do it the night before. And uh, we have a great set spot. Everybody knows where to go. They park. I'm not quite sure how to do that over two days, so so we'll drum on Saturday, and hopefully the Coralopid people will make make it to Hayward without our encouragement. Although I'm sure there'll be other musical things going on along the trail on that Friday of the Cordy this year. But uh, yeah, we set up, get out there early, and uh, we're there literally from the first skier to the last. So we see the break happen uh, with all the fast elite skiers, the men and the women, and. Uh, we see the old skiers come by, the founders that get to start early, that have skied the race every year, and, and now there's only one founder who's done the race every year, Ernie St. Germain, and he always comes over for a photo op and hits the drums with us a little bit, and um, yeah, it should be great fun. So you have people stop and, and hit a drum for a couple minutes and then keep going? Well, there's this concept that uh, we kind of stay out of their way, and uh, almost nobody makes eye contact in the elite skiers. I mean, we're making a heck of a lot of noise and cheering and ringing bells, and you look, and they're pretty focused. I mean, they are just dialed into the person that's in front of them. Or if they're in the front, they're certainly trying to pull away from the people in back of them. And then it takes uh, maybe at least a wave or two before people start making uh, some uh, eye contact with us. All right. Uh, I'm going to pause for this phone call. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going here. So uh, then, like maybe in the late wave, you might get one or two people that make some eye contact to smile. And that's almost a victory because they... They've uh, acknowledged us. And, and then as the waves uh, go a little further back, then of course they're maybe uh, uh, they're definitely a little slower because they get their wave time based on their uh, finishing time. Uh, they might be a little more undertrained, uh, a little less experienced. Uh, people start to get a little more conversational, and pretty soon they're getting really conversational, where they'll come over to our drumming spot, they'll take off their poles, they'll have somebody take a photo, they'll take photos of us, they'll beat on the drum for a while. Um, some people, uh, a lot of people in the later waves want to know where the first food stop is, because they're, I mean, they're, my God, they're 4Ks into the race and it's time to eat something already, and, and um, the amazing part is watching the very last people come by, that you just seriously wonder how are they going to make it they they not only sit on their skis going down the hill we've seen people literally crawling up the hill with their skis on and you think how are they going to do this yeah you got 30 50 40 some kilometers well go. if they're skiing the berkey or uh, you know previous years the cordy or even the the prince hoken 12k skiers or and you look at them and and uh, so fun you get to see all the costumes lots of costumes you know, yep. I remember the one year there was this mom and her four daughters, and they all had these Dale of Norway sweaters on, and that was a great photo op because they all stopped to take a photo with us. But you get to see quite the massive skiing humanity go by. Yeah. And um, when, you, uh, when, when, you, when you're out there, you're only out there for about, what, about two hours? I'd say two and a half hours, yeah. Okay, so and actually, probably a little less this year because with the without the cordelope, there are a few fewer waves. Yeah, it'll probably be a little bit less this year. So, but uh, but still, it's it's pretty intense because once we start drumming, uh, we continue to drum, and um, we always kind of encourage people to move along because we really don't have a playlist. We're not practiced. We don't. We're not following anything. It's just something. As if you've ever drummed with a group, it's just something that develops. 
And um, occasionally we'll have, uh, remember one year, uh, Margaret Ruff was with us, one of my friends, and she was a drummer from the University of Wisconsin marching band, and, and Margaret had us really whipped into shape by the time we were done because we actually sounded like we were making some music instead of just pounding on the, on the homemade percussion. But it sounds good, whatever it is, because it's good encouragement for them. No one standing there with a baton and, and no, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody with a baton. Now, have you noticed changes over the years watching the race come through, or does it look pretty much the same every year? Well, yeah, certainly. Um, you know the way the Berkey structures it; it's different uh, because they uh, they uh, they sorted out. Um, uh, well, one year they and I think they still have. Uh, they had the seventy-year-old age age class go off, and so a lot of the old uh, skiers were skiing together. Um, uh, certainly, the way they separate out the classic waves now, because you'll see skate waves come by, and then. And then there'll be the elite and the other classic skiing waves that go off at a separate time. So you get bunches of classic skiers together. And um, one of the interesting things, and of course we're going to see less of it this year, but if you don't qualify for a, for a top gate because you haven't done a previous Berkey or haven't done one of the qualifying races, you could be a really fast skier and you could be in one of the later waves. And uh, what happens, and imagine if you were in uh, rush hour in downtown Chicago and all of a sudden here comes this uh, uh, Lamborghini that's weaving <laughs> its way in and out of the crowd, uh, going to any hole it could find to try to, to yep. try to go faster. You see these uh, faster, younger skiers from the later waves uh, weaving their way through the slower skiers, and that's usually pretty entertaining. Yeah. One of the things that you do also is uh, you, you're saying it's the, the you've been doing the Fat Tire Festival here for a number of years at 35. This is our 35th year, so uh, and I've directed it for 34 of the years. I wrote in it in the first year, 1983, when there was only 27 writers uh, that took on the first Shawamigan 40. That was the only event we had at the time, and. Um, I was the self-employed guy with seasonal downtime on my hands and knew how to operate a typewriter and I could write a decent letter and I told him I'd help him out. So from 1984 on, I've directed the event and it uh, really turned it turned into my profession. I have a, I have an office, I have a you know a corporate job now since we sold the race a few years ago. I have a big staff. Uh, you know we've run tens of thousands of people through here. Uh, in the Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival, which was structured as a bicycle race on the Berkey Trail. That's where the concept came up because people were starting to ride mountain bikes and the Berkey, the Berkey is 10 years older than the Shawamigan event. And uh, most of the people that were instrumental in starting the Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival um, worked for or knew Tony Wise quite well, who uh, invented the Berkebiner, created the Berkebiner, and Tony was the king of hospitality, and he really taught us how to run run events, and uh, uh, we kind of jumped on it right when the jumping was good, and uh, the rest, as they say, is history here 35 years later. So you started off sort of like the Berkey with a couple dozen people, and grew very quickly? Yeah, almost exactly. If you plotted the growth of the planning and growth of the Berkebiner and the creation of it, uh, very similar to Shawamigan Fat Tire. We got into it at the right time. We knew there'd be a market for people that uh, um, uh, like to do mass participation events. Uh, the Berkebiner was a was a recognized entity. When we pitched it as a bicycle race on the Berkebiner Trail, people knew what we were talking about. 
And, um, and it, it basically runs through the same sets of hills, uh, a little bit different formation because uh, we don't we run some on the Berkey Trail, but we also use forest roads, and it's a pretty convoluted race course to get 40 miles out of it. But yeah, it was very, very, very similar similar concept. And of course, the only reason we could do that up here is uh, this community has um, uh, public land managers that encourage the responsible and sustainable use of the uh, of the public lands. We have a tourism-based community that provides uh, accommodations and food and beverage and all of those great things that you need uh, when you have people come visit your area. And we have a great volunteer force that, uh, as I often say, uh, what else would we do with our free time? Because there aren't some of the usual entertainment things you find in big urban areas. So we go out and volunteer for events. And everybody that volunteers for those events um, they really take ownership of the events. I mean, everybody feels they're a part of Shawamigan, that they're a part of the Birkebeiner, that they're a part of the Sealy Classic, because they're part of the reason why it's able to happen. Now, is the Berkey's largest uh, ski race in the country by, by a long shot? By a long shot. Uh, Shawamigan, is that the biggest mountain bike race? We are not the biggest uh, mountain bike race. We were for many years, and then once we uh, self-imposed our limit, uh, which at the time was 2,000 riders, now we're up to 3,100 riders. Um, we are the largest mass start point-to-point race, but uh, there are bigger mountain bike races than the Shawamigan, and, and it's not really a title that we've uh, we've pursued for some time because, uh, you know, my uh, organizational philosophy is based on um, sustainable and responsible use. Um, you know, you put 500 more people on the Berkey Trail, it just kind of trashes the snow. You put 500 more people on a fat tire race course, it's wet, it trashes the, the trail. And so we try to monitor that. And I'm also a big uh, believer in organizational sanity. We're a small organization, and I try to uh, uh, focus on the quality rather than the quantity of what we do. And by managing the number of people, um, you come out of the weekend uh where the participants are happy, the volunteers are happy, the staff are happy, and uh, most importantly, I'm pretty happy and I'm ready to do it again next year because I haven't beat myself up too much, even though it's it's certainly a, a tremendous uh, assignment to take on. But uh, other organizations like the Berkey, bigger organization, uh, they can handle larger numbers. We've, we've chosen just to kind of focus on the numbers that we do take. Now, one of the reasons I think that you can hold the event here is the really fantastic trail system that you have with the Canva trails. And there might be some Berkey skiers that maybe they see those little markers off in the woods, but they don't really know what that is. And want to go on a little bit about how that was formed and, and how that's really a piece of the community up here. Really, the trail network up here, and it goes back to that comment I made on the, on the land managers. Uh, you know, when we first started, uh, there's uh, quite a bit of Bayfield and Sawyer County forest up here. Those forest managers were, they were what was typically known at the time as maximum board feet guy. They weren't into uh, the aesthetics so much. They weren't uh, into managing for recreation. And then as best management practices and, and uh, people started looking at a more rounded way to manage your forest, you coupled forest management, maximum board feet, along with... Uh, uh, aesthetic and recreational objectives and uh, consequently you have 
the you know the super highway of ski trails, the Berkey Trail, and then you have these other trail networks. There's a trail network in Hayward by the Fish Hatchery. There's one in Sealy. There's one at the north end of the Berkey Trail, and then weaving in and out is the Camba, the Shawamigan Area Mountain Bike Association trail network that's over 300 miles of marked and mapped uh, trails, and now predominantly mostly single track. Schwamigan Fat Tire, because we're a large event, don't we don't actually go on the single track trails, but as you're riding up the Berkey Trail, you'll see where the Camba Trails cross, a little single track trail crosses. And uh, of course now the, the latest development, mountain biking, extended the cycling season from the spring uh, once the, the, the breakup happened and the frost came out of the ground until literally hunting season. Well, now it's a 12-month uh, out-of-the-year um, activity because of fat bike trails, groomed ski trails, and Canva actually grooms uh, uh, 50 miles of fat bike trails. Part of our legacy as Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival is we gave Canva their first thousand uh, dollars 25 years ago, and and uh, I was part of the initial board of directors. We did some fundraising and got it going, and then in my application process, I give people the opportunity to we call it build the trails, and they they donate up to ten thousand dollars a year, and then the event Shawamigan Fat Tire donates five dollars per entry to um, uh, not only Canva, but we uh, shuffle some money to the Berka Miner to help them with trail maintenance and to the International Mountain Bike Association. And now we're actually putting some money into building a uh, bathroom in downtown Cable, a public bathroom. So we've been able to use the resources of this big event to share back with our community that uh, embraces us so much. And that's a good part of our philosophy. Now, a bit more about the fat, the fat biking is that... Um you know, that's now one of the new big events on the Berkey Trail. And Berkey's runs that fat bike uh, race that has gone from sort of zero to 60 in, in a couple of years. What do, you, what do you sort of see as, do you, do you see that as a, a big piece of, of the future? Do you see it as almost, it, it, you know, whether it's going to be a flash in the pan or not, it seems like, it sounds like it's a lot of fun and it seems like a, it's a big growing thing, although it's a sort of, for cyclists, it's just another way to throw a couple thousand dollars at a bike too. Um, what do you see for sort of numbers up here in the winter uh, with, that, with that going on? Well, you know, in actually area, a lot of people thought, fat biking, why would I go fat biking? I mean, I love skiing. I got these great groomed trails. Well, you know, it's a heck of a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, uh, people enjoy cycling anyway. I mean, if you think of uh, off-road cycling and you're on the trails, there's rocks, there's roots, there's ruts. It's pretty jarring, even if you're riding a dual suspended carbon fiber bike. Uh, fat bike trails in the winter, you take those same trails and you pack down a foot of snow on them, and it's smooth. I mean, it's really fun. I mean, you're just hooting and hollering around these corners, and God forbid you crash, you end up crashing in a pile of snow for Pete's sakes, much like you do skiing. And, of course, the, um, you know... Or a tree, but, you know... Or a tree, You know, Berkey, uh, you only ride on the Berkey Trail for Fat Bike Berkey, which is a couple of weeks after the Berkey, and that is just a hoot. Uh, they're up to over a thousand people that do that event. Uh, Camba, our trail organization, uh, this year they're up to 50 miles that they're grooming. And you know, when I worked the Sealy Classic, and I was working one of the food stops, you know, they had 600 plus skiers in the Classic. There were fat bikes everywhere. You know, they were going riding some of those Sealy trails that they don't go on the Berkey Trail, but they, you know, on a 
points here and there they yep. would cross. So so you could ride your fat bike and go watch the ski race for Pete's sakes. Yep. Actually, I know people that do that. They ride the forest roads and they go from from uh, north to south and they actually interact. So not a flash in a pan. Um, certainly uh, more and more skiers are, are fat biking. I mean, yep. you, you get yourself uh, some sketchy ski conditions. Um, you might have pretty perfect fat bike conditions. Yeah, so if you hit a rock on a fat bike, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, but it's so it's 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 just another way to enjoy the winter. Yeah, yeah, another way to get out there. For uh, for grooming, is it just snowmobile groomed with a with a drag behind or? Well, the interesting thing is, you know, you spent uh, 25 years building these narrow single track trails that were no wider than your handlebars. That kind of precludes taking a snowmobile down them. Although there's some smaller snowmobiles that they have, and, and they do groom some things that are maybe a little bit wider. Uh, the ticket for grooming, and they and they pull a, uh, a roller, uh, usually, I'm thinking it's 40-inch roller maybe, you know, with big plastic wheels and a pan behind it. So it rolls yep. it, compacts it, and flattens it out. And just like skiing, you have to let the snow uh, set up. Uh, but the ticket for grooming, people seem to be using these little two-wheeled drive Rokons. It's like a little trail bike with big fat wheels, knobby tires, and it's a front and rear wheel drive. And those little Rokons are, uh, Rokons are uh, shorter wheelbase. Yep. So they can actually weave in and out of some of those single track trails and pull those, pull those groomers uh, behind them. And, and uh, of course, now when you build a fat, a fat tire single track, you build it with the concept that you might be grooming it for fat biking. So you build it just a little bit differently. You know, if you if we went back 25 years when Canvas started building single track, uh, knowing what we know now about fat biking, probably would have built them, in some cases, maybe a little bit wider, maybe not quite as convoluted, just so that you could groom them in the winter. Yeah, because there's yeah. probably places where that you have berms built up that, that don't groom so well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it's a whole, whole other deal. So a lot of those yeah. skiers are crossing over, yep. you know, and there's people that don't ski, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, Even no, up, in, sure. up in ski country here, and, and uh, you know, how fun is that, you know? And you get just more people up in the community. This is already somewhere that has all of those resources. You have the resources. You have you have the bike and ski shops. You have the restaurants. You got the coffee shops. You got the hotels that cater to people. And uh, yeah, we've already got all of that stuff. We've got uh, great special events up here. I mean, just really fun reasons to come up into this area. I mean, Cables. You know, the population side says eight hundred. There'll be ten thousand people here for the Berkey, and there's you know thirty one hundred plus for the Fat Tire and. You know, a thousand for the fat bike Berkey. I mean, that that really fuels our, it fuels our economy up here in a way that, you know, a lot of us who like to be active in the woods uh, really enjoy. We really enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I was looking at if the Berkey was a foot marathon, it would be the eleventh largest in the country. Oh, amazing! So it's, it's it's you know, but but all those mailers, Boston, New York, Chicago. I, I think sort of Grandma's is on that list. Those are big cities, you know, and you finish in Hayward, and that's. That, that's uh, Ben Poff from Berkey was saying that's sort of their limiting factor is how many people they can have in Hayward at one time. There's only so many beds, you know, and, yep. and one of the things with, I, I can say for 3,100 people for Shawamigan Fat Tire Festival, we fill all the beds. I mean, all the uh, hotel rooms are filled when the event comes to town. For Berkey, you pretty much have filled all the beds, a lot of private homes, you've filled some gyms, you, you've bust people in from Rice Lake and Duluth. 
um, uh, there's ways to handle that, and, and, and the Berkey does a wonderful job of that. But, yeah, you mentioned foot races. I mean, the Berkebiner, what a great um, forward-thinking organization that is, now that they're doing uh, all the infrastructure. Uh, we mentioned the new start area up at the cable end. Um, they do Fat Bike Berkey. They do the Berkey Tour that was just this weekend, uh, and they've got the Berkey Trail Run which is marathon, half marathon, 10K. I mean, every configuration, uh, they really have embraced that use of the infrastructure and the facilities that they built to give people a reason to come up uh, to this area, you know, many times over. So one of the things about the uh, economic impact of all these special events, whether they be bike races, running races, um, ski races, um, it's not just uh, the people that come up for the event weekend and the entry fees and the food and beverage they buy. That's certainly a huge impact, pretty, pretty measurable. Uh, the other impact is you need to go talk to the realtors and the lumberyards and the tradespeople up here because there is such a huge boom in uh, cabins, uh, vacation cabins, retirement, retirement homes, Second homes, these little trail side developments um, next to uh, next to Berkey Ridge's Nordic Ridge, where they've built, um, you know, there's probably a dozen really nice houses built in there. Up uh, going up into the Sealy Highlands, there's a, there's a development there in the lower part of Double O. There's a development. There's a, a big development uh, uh, being uh, uh, instigated around Rosie's Field which is very famous on the, on the southern end of the Berkey Trail, where people are buying lots and building homes. And, you know, you start building homes and uh, buying lumber and paying property taxes, you've got a huge lasting impact. It's not just about, uh, you know, how many beers does uh, some user group use uh, or user group uh, uh, drink. It's really what is the lasting impact in the, in the community. And, and the fact that people come here multiple times in the year, uh, uh, throughout the year, and that they build their homes up here is is huge for the economy up here. Thirty years ago, nobody would have thought that would have been a factor, and it's certainly a, a huge factor right now. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks very much, Gary. I'm going to go yeah. head out on the trails, but uh, yeah. it's great great to be in. I'll see you in a few weeks, and um, so I guess we'll all see you up on the on the hills. So we'll be you know, on you, you elite waivers, um, also elite waivers, auto. I'd at least give a wave or an acknowledgement like the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, we're happy to get any smiles, and we know they hear us. We know they hear yeah. us, so that's uh, that's pretty We have cool. a little less climb on the power line, so maybe we'll, yeah. not everyone will yeah. be red line. Yeah. But. Maybe, maybe take it a little easier. Yeah, thanks, uh, and good luck. Enjoy. It's a beautiful, it's what they call a bluebird day out yeah. there today. Yeah. Should be perfect. Head on down to that new Berkey start area and check go, that out. Go check it out. All right, thanks. And as always, our podcast was produced by Sam Evans-Brown of New Hampshire Public Radio, and he also hosts the Outside In podcast about the natural world and how we use it. I highly recommend this for Berkey skiers. We recently featured one of his episodes about skiing in Argentina, and it was named the top podcast by Outside Magazine in 2016. So you can find it on iTunes or Spotify or at outsideinradio.org, wherever you might get your podcasts. Our intro music was by Dr. Turtle from the Free Music Archive. And uh, we just have a few weeks of the Berkey, and we have a few more podcasts planned, so stay tuned. <laughs>